Hey everybody, this is Daniel Ramsey with My Outdoors. I'm really glad that you're here. Today we get the privilege of talking with Erin McCormick-Torres. She is the Chief Operating Officer of a really, really big uh, real estate company who happens to have our virtual assistants in there. But that it's such a dynamic company that I begged her to be here with us today and twisted her arm and, and had her come. And so Erin, thanks, thanks for coming. Thanks for inviting me. This is going to be exciting. Glad to chat with you. This is, this is totally going to be fun. But first, um, let's talk about the company because yes. it always starts with what the vision is. And Adam is a big part of our success because he's referred a bunch of people to us and we referred people to you guys in the coaching program. And so I just want to start and acknowledge his part in this whole conversation. So let's start there. Yeah, so Adam Hergenrother, who's my leader and a phenomenal human being who has taught me more than I could have ever expected from a mentor, uh, founded our company, Hergenrother Realty Group, which is an expansion team within Keller Williams in 2010 is really when we started our first expansion team, which was then called Duplication. Since then, now we have 20 locations. Our hub is in our base team is here in Vermont, but we have teams as far as Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. We have teams in Albuquerque, New Mexico south into Texas, all over the country. Uh, right now we have around 185 agents or so, and we do have a really talented team of virtual professionals that help us so much in the back end and support a lot of our business. And they really do allow us to expand our reach, scale our systems, our tools, our models. When we operate a business at this scale, it truly is about having that foundation. And we always say that Yes, people can sometimes be your greatest challenge, but they're also your greatest investment. So we really work hard on being in business, whether they're our team leaders, CEO partners around the country, whether with our agent partners, with our you know, admin team, really having the best people who fit into our culture, who never want to leave us. One of the, our biggest goals, yes, we want to do 3,000 transactions in the coming year. Yes, we want to do half a billion dollars worth of volume, but it's truly building that culture that no one wants to leave. I said to Adam, I had a review the other day where in my past, I always would be at a company for three years. I'd be hitting goals. I would be bored. I'd be looking for that next opportunity. And when you have a world that's as big as our world right now, you never have to leave because there's always a new opportunity. There's always a new direction. There's always a new path. There's so much change that allows you to really create the, the future that you want within this world. And that's why it's so exciting by bringing people who are in culture into this business to say, you're not going to be the same person a year from now, three years from now, five years from now. And I literally was joking with Adam last week and I said, I'm going to be, you know, 60 sitting here and, you know, 30 years and 34 so a little less than 30 years thinking about you know how much have we grown this business how many lives have we transformed not only just our clients but also the people who work with us i i talk to my team here very often about you don't find companies that value culture and who the person becomes in this journey very often so when you do find that company that cares so much about the person you know spiritually physically financially your family life and how that really dictates your business success, again, you're gonna be there for life, which is pretty cool. Well, and I, I, it feels like when you find those people and they decide to stick, that helps with scale. Like yes. describe that because we were, we were kind of doing a pre-talk yep. and what's unique about 3000 transactions and half a billion in production is that you have to think about scaling and most people think about systems and process and operations but this conversation is all about people yes. so hiring the right people whether they're virtual professionals or physically in your office or a partner ceo like you're talking about 
let's talk about that. I, I'm curious what your perspective is there. Yeah, so I really do think that when you think about creating a big business, it's all about how do you expand your reach? How do you scale? How do you expand? With us, we also think about how can our people and all of the tasks that they, they do on a regular basis, how can we almost create a system out of that? So if we are doing anything that is going to be repeated, is going to be scaled, how can we, the first time we do that task or we make an optimization to a system or tool, how can we you know, create a system around that task where then we can have a team member implement that, optimize that on a regular basis? But we consistently are just thinking, and I think a lot of it is truly a mindset shift of how do I actually approach this in a way that is going to allow me to scale and grow and implement this in a lot of different markets. You know, when I think about all of our teams, 20 different markets, some are hot, some are warm locations, some are, you know, nine degrees right now. Um, some are constantly covered in snow. Other ones, you know, have 500,000 average sales price. Other ones have 150 average sales price. So when we think about creating this business, it's how do we duplicate the tasks that our people are doing and how do we leverage our people in a way that's going to allow them to grow consistently be optimizing, you know, the processes that we have that internal allows us to achieve more on a daily basis. And we do give everybody on our teams, virtual assistants, virtual professionals, they truly are partners of ours where it's not like just go do these tasks. It's no, we want your feedback. You're the person who's in here every single day doing these tasks. Tell us how we're going to make it better. How can we support you in improving this process and optimizing our workflow? What are we doing that's not having ROI that we can just say, we don't need to do this in favor of doing something else. Does that so, answer your question? Totally. So the difference in when you're growing a business, the difference between people who are scaling and not scaling is you guys have this hyper focus on culture and people, but also on optimizing the system. Everything is a system. Is it repeatable? Is it, is it a process? Yes. Can I delegate it down or optimize it in some way? That's kind of your mindset for the scaling piece of it. Is that right? We always think about how we can scale. For a long time, I joked saying scalability is my middle name because it's what I wake up in the middle of the night, the night thinking about is, you know, you're not going to be able to hire a hundred people. So at some point, you're you know, the work that your people are doing is going to have to be in a place that can, can scale to really do the work of that many people. So then it comes down to what are those optimizations I need to make? Again, where, where can we shift things? We are in a constant state of change and that's okay. And I think that's also where mentally you have to get when you're growing a big business, you know, we need to rip off band-aids. We need to be changing. We need to be thinking strategically every single day about what we can do better or differently. Or again, what we don't need to do, what's not moving the needle. I think that's one of the things that really gets businesses and just people in general into trouble is saying, I'm doing the same thing because I always did it. We're in the business of saying, no, we don't want to do that. We really want to do um, what's actually going to move and propel the business forward, even if it means being in that constant state of change, which we've all known or kind of grown to enjoy, knowing that every day is going to be different. You're always going to have a new challenge and a new opportunity, truly. Well, what, one of the things that you said here is rip the Band-Aid off. And I assume that there's some pain around that. And I think I, just our own challenges of scale, right? You get to a level of success, then you plateau, and you realize what you've built to get there won't work for the next layer. And that's the Band-Aid that you have to rip off. Yeah. So talk, talk to me about some of your experiences over the last three years in ripping those Band-Aids off in order to actually scale your business. So I think, you know, we've gone through a lot of different iterations and really trying to figure out, okay, who is going to be the right person for us to be in business with? It's not going to be everyone. 
You know, who is going to be in that right culture? What kind of level of production are we looking at? There are so many different things, and we have failed forwarded. Is that even a word? I don't know. But we have um, failed, forwarded. Yes. failed forward so many times that um, it's really about, okay, pausing for a second, looking back and figuring out, okay, we're at this level. How do we then rip out, out of, off a Band-Aid, whatever it might be, go through this period of pain, but it's going to take us to that next stair step. So we're constantly, you know, adding on these building blocks, adding on the next level of, of stair steps. That's going to get us to, we always talk about the hockey curve too, where, yeah. you know, it's three to five years of, kind of moving right along. And then you get to the point where you're seeing exponential growth um, right. really pretty quickly. But a lot of that comes to, you know, consistently disrupting yourself, I would say. So Nothing, okay. yeah, everything can change truly. Yeah. But you're okay with that. And that's not normal. Most employees and most people don't like change. They want to come into work, do their thing. So how do you create a culture where optimizing it and this con, the consistent like um, improvement always happens every single day. That's what, and, and I need you to unpack it so that our entrepreneurs who are newbies or yes. medium-sized business, let's say, you know, they're doing a million dollars in revenue, not yes. that level that you guys are at, right? How does somebody create that kind of culture when they only have, you know, one admin and maybe a couple salespeople? Yes, it all comes down to figuring out what your value proposition is first and foremost. For us, we were very focused on creating a culture, again, that nobody wants to leave, but that's really focused on the individual and caring about the whole person. So we launched recently Conscious Coaching where we're talking to people about it really is so many different facets and layers of your life that forms the person who is going to be successful in the business. So for us, it's having culture tip the scale where if you're looking at you know, money versus culture, money or money for us is going to be 49% and culture is going to be 51. We're right. always tipping the scale at culture. Um, but again, it comes down to really just being okay with disrupting yourself, being okay with knowing that things are going to change, but through change, there's opportunity through change, through, there's growth. And I, as a person, am not going to be able to achieve more if I'm not consistently looking at how I can be better, how I can do something different. So when you're having those conversations every day, yeah. looking at, you know, how can we optimize? How can we grow? What's your next growth opportunity going to be doing? One of the things that we do that I really love in our organization is every person, our virtual professionals do this too. At the end of the day, they send a recap to their leader, yep. their five questions. What successes did you have? What struggles did you have? How did you, how did you overcome those struggles? Um, on a scale of one to 10, what's your mindset? Be honest. If you had a really not so great day, tell us that because we want to work through it with you. And then the fifth question is either who's your replacement, which is the first time Adam asked me that. I think I was with the company like seven days and I was like, oh my gosh, are you, are you letting me go? Or what's your next growth opportunity? So again, by having that culture and that foundation of knowing everything is constantly in this sort of state of change, this state of optimization, it just makes us better. And I think it's really about having those conversations on a weekly basis so that we know that truly opportunity and growth comes from being able to disrupt yourself and know that you're going to be better at the end of it, I guess. That's kind of crazy. I love it. I love it. Well, <laughs> if you're listening right now and you stay to the end, we're going to give scaling your business away with Mod Virtual Professionals. So we're definitely going to give this away at the end of the call but this conversation is is about what a virtual assistant can do for your business and so aaron's got deep deep knowledge we've been working together for almost seven years my outdesk and adam and you guys and so we've got a lot to share in that space 
Um, and we're going to talk about virtual culture. We're also going to talk about integrating them into your team, what systems you have to have. And basically, you can take Aaron's systems and processes, somebody who's, you know, succeeding at a high level and use them in your own business today. So that's the whole point of today. So um, let's jump into that. Let's do a baseline. What can a virtual assistant do for a small to medium sized business? And let's give real life examples. Yeah, so truly it's anything that needs to be repeated, I think. Okay. So we have virtual professionals. Um, they've been with us, our, our one has been, Carissa, she's amazing, has been with us for seven years. And she actually trained our now director of um, client care on listing management. Yes, so, she so our virtual assistant yes. trained the physical in-house. Yes, listing manager, person. now our director of client care, and Caitlin's been with us, her four-year anniversary is coming right up. Carissa actually trained her. So when Carissa right. started with our company, it was really just Tally, who's Adam's chief of staff. Yes. Um, I, I think our controller, was, who at that point was more director of ops, was on board. But truly, Carissa came in as a listing manager. Um, right. She was doing a lot of the client care. She was doing, um, you know, scheduling photos. She was talking with couriers, whoever that might be. Again, anything that had to be scaled, anything that was a repeatable um, deliverable that we needed. So right. since then, we have had a lot of different virtual professionals. We've had them do a lot of different tasks. How we started scaling that is having the one person initially, who's our Carissa, learn yep. how to do everything. Yep. Post on Facebook, send out MailChimp lasts, and do a lot of the client care, do client care touches. Caitlin often jokes with us too and said, Carissa's better on the phone than I am, you know, and talking to clients. So <laughs> she's like, Carissa needs to do that. She's way more friendly and way more bubbly than I am. So it yep. truly came down to viewing our virtual professional, even if they're you know, so far away, as an extension of our team, the same, you know, having that relationship be the same as somebody who's sitting next to me. Um, you know, inviting them to weekly meetings, getting on Zoom, having conversations about, again, how can we optimize? What can we be doing differently? What are you seeing that are some different changes that you could make that's going to improve workflow? So right. I think a lot of it comes down to including that person as they are um, truly someone who's sitting next to you because they're just as valuable in so many different areas. I mean, we love Carissa. We're bringing her to the U.S. next year, which we're so excited about to actually meet I'm her. I'm so person. excited. Um, you know, I was chatting with her mom last week on Facebook about their Christmas decor. Like, we, we love our virtual professionals. But anyway, to get back to your question, I would start with your not-to-do list. What's on your not-to-do list that you don't want to do anymore? That's when you actually need to hire a virtual professional who can help you. And by creating those things. You know, when I was thinking about hiring um, our marketing lead generation virtual professional. It was very much the regular Facebook boosting posts. It was running, you know, ads through Facebook. It was importing our sphere of influence lists into our database. Yep. Um, adding drip campaigns, sending out bulk texts to these leads. So anything, again, that happens on a daily basis, they do for us. Um, on the transaction side, you know, they're in our database um, consistently looking at numbers, pulling reports. Every day they send out scorecards. So every, you know, one of our 180 realtors knows exactly where they, they stand. Um, and Why is that important? Why is that important? You need to know your numbers. Again, you know, we are very granularly focused on, okay, if you said that you're going to commit to three pennings this month, we want to support you and get into those three pennings this month. So you need every single day to focus on that number three until you actually get there. So we're extremely transparent about numbers and data and how that actually gets you to your goals by just hyper-focusing on those things. But, you know, our virtual professionals 
now are really assigned to a team. So they will work with our teams from onboarding and any checklists that are tied to those, listing yep. management, transaction coordination, client care, marketing, events. They help with everything. Again, anything that's duplicatable, um, any kind of task that we do, we create a video really quickly on it and we pass the video along to say, this is how you do this. Let us know if you can think of any optimizations that you can make. Okay, hold on, hold on. So much there, I know. I can talk yeah, about too much and I don't want to I want to make the first point then we'll jump into this yeah. so your your perspective is if you can put it into a system or a process or if it's not on your not you know not to do list yeah. which I would probably reframe it if you're listening right now and you're a leader an entrepreneur a salesperson if it's not dollar revenue generating yeah. tasks delegate it down Yes. You know, if you're not getting revenue or hiring employees to get revenue, then, you know, the only other job that maybe you should be doing as a leader is allocating capital, which is deciding to spend money. Those are the three things. Everything else should be delegated down. And, and uh, you're in your world, if it's in a system or a process, a virtual assistant can do it. Yes. It's anything truly. And I actually don't like personally the word, the word delegate. I prefer leverage because I think it speaks to opportunity. So, you know, some of our people um, have a hard time giving things up, which is natural. <laughs> and I think when you view it as I'm not giving this person this task because I'm too good for it. I'm giving this person this task because for them, it's an opportunity. It's something different that they're going to be doing. It's a way that they can contribute. It's a way that they can grow by learning how to do different things. Right. It really makes it so leverage feels like this is a growth opportunity for someone else on my team. Yeah. Um, and it allows, again, me to be freed up for things that are dollar producing. Consistently, we're looking at, okay, what activities can we be distributing to somebody else so that we can focus all of our time and energy and being purposeful and intentional um, with those dollar producing, you know, minutes that we have in our day. Yeah, minutes. It feels like minutes, right? Um, okay. So now that we, we've talked about what can be done and really almost everything, in, yes. at my outdesk, we're, we're doing sales we're doing marketing and we're doing operations. So if you mean an administrative person for help, marketing person or a salesperson, we can help you kind of do those things. Um, now, what do you need in order to get them trained? Because the biggest pain point that we hear from our clients 99% of the time is, I don't really have a lot of time, so how am I gonna train them? So. Yes. How have you guys been effective at really onboarding virtual professionals into your business and training yep. them to do it just how you'd like it done? So I have to say that the virtual professionals who we work with, we spend a lot of time with your team making sure that it's the right fit for us. So always you know, going through the interview process, making sure that they have the skills that are going to complement the job that we have for them. And I will say that all the virtual professionals we, ha we have have been highly trained. A lot of them are already calorized. A lot of them have worked in real estate for our industry, which has been great. But again, it's about taking that next step then and that next layer of saying, okay, you know, I want this person to do it my way or our way. So for us, it truly comes down to, we have a Google site internet that we built out and all of our training materials go into that site. Um, and we have it broken down by listing management, transaction coordination, essentially all of our divisions in the company. And this might seem like it's daunting. It's not. You can build one of these in an hour, truthfully. But it comes down to being purposeful and, again, intentional and strategic with 
okay, I know that I want to duplicate this task. I know that I need to teach somebody else. So I'm going to do it because I need to do it right now anyway. And I'm going to record myself doing it. And I'm actually going to talk <laughs> and narrate what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. That's a key thing right there is the why behind an activity. So somebody truly understands it at its core. Um, and I found also with virtual professionals that they understand why we're doing this or even what the implication is to our business. It makes a lot more sense to them. Um, yep. And they can also prioritize better if they understand the why, if they can understand, you know, what's the, the best thing that I can be doing to propel the business forward today. Right. So I would say in terms of getting somebody started and trained, when I brought on my last virtual professional, I spent probably, I don't know, I want to say 30 minutes with her every morning and said, here are some resources. Um, these are some things I would like for you to achieve here. And I made a big list. Here are some resources that you can look back on. Here are some videos if you need um, you know, more guidance. Every time we have those calls, I also record them so I can send the recording off and they have that as a resource to look back on. But honestly, we felt that our um, virtual professionals really are self-starters. They are highly trained to begin with. So it's not like you need to teach somebody, okay, this is how you work Google Calendar or, oh, this is how you work your CRM. No, they've been in so many of these different platforms that oftentimes they have less of a learning curve than we do is what we've seen from our experience. Well, okay, so I'm just going to play the devil's advocate because you're yeah. the COO of a really big business doing, like, literally, you're in the top, top, I mean, there are 2 million real estate companies or people out there, and you guys are in the top, I don't know, two. We're number four, number four. Yeah, number four, okay. You have time to spend 30 minutes a day when you first onboard somebody. Why, how is that even possible? It's about prioritization. So for me... I know that sometimes when I'm finding that leverage partner for me, that I need to slow down at, you know, slow down to speed up essentially. So I know that I need to make time in my calendar to ensure that the things that I'm passing off are going to be passed off in a way that I don't have to think about them again. And you so, don't yeah. get in trouble later. Like it doesn't exactly. come back to haunt you later. Exactly. Let's do it once. Let's do it right. And again, if you're really diligent with your hours. So I talk to a lot of our CEOs and partners and agents about how do you really maximize every hour of your day? Yep. If you're being hyper-focused when you're actually working and efficient with your time, there's plenty of time in your day. Adam always says, you know, time's not the cheat. Everybody has 24 hours in the day. So what if some people achieve so much and some people achieve so little. It's really about just making that time for what's important. And for me, it consistently is leverage. Because again, if there are tasks that I had been doing that I now have to pass over to a virtual professional, I want to make sure that they know how to do it. So boom, 30 minutes and never have to think about that task again. Yep. And that's often been my experience is you train people correctly once they have it recorded, they can go back to that resource and it's consistently then adding on layers and, and more things on top of that. You never have to go back and repeat yourself. And that's one of the things that's always most frustrating to me, you know, just in terms of training people is when you're like, Oh my gosh, I told you that two days ago. Do we really have to revisit this? And I've never had that with a virtual you know, professional, which has been really cool. We call that compound leverage because once you've given a task away, you get that time back and you, you get to reinvest that time into the business building activities or yes. the dollar productive, productive activities. And you just, you can get more and more throughout your career back as you properly delegate, but most people just won't simply take the time. Yes. And once you get to the point too, where you might have a whole network of virtual you know, professionals working for your team, we actually have a lead um, virtual professional right now who's Carissa and she now 
leads, trains, mentors, coaches, right. the rest of our virtual professionals. So that's, again, was an opportunity for her. It also provided more leverage yeah. to everyone on our team previously who was leading our, our VPs. So. Well, and that what's beautiful about that is you've got your leverage leveraging and you've taught that person how to do it correctly. Yes. And, th and there you go. Okay. Uh, the next kind of place that I think you can add value to the, to the audience is what systems need to be in place to properly leverage a virtual professional. And, and the, this is probably another area that people get lazy or they don't want to spend the money or they don't know. So yes. everything you can give them here would be valuable. So I would say the number one thing is do a brain dump and get really granular with that brain dump in terms of creating a checklist where for me, you know, there are many things that keep me up at night, but if yeah. I create a checklist where I just get things out of my head, out of my head, I feel so much better. So if I'm thinking about, okay, there are these things I want to leverage. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to do a brain dump. I'm going to do a step by step by step. Um, and again, it doesn't take very long because if you're doing this already, you probably know it so well that you can talk about it, you know, all day long, or you can write it down really quickly. So I do think the number one thing is having really good checklists because ideally any part of your business, you should be able to hand it over to somebody else and they should be able to follow whether your guidebook or your playbook, whatever that might be and figure it out. So for us, it's really documenting everything that we do. Uh, right, we gotta, I got to slow you down because there's two points here. Number one, the only thing that you have in a business that is valuable is your process and system and your database. Yep. So if you have a documented process and system and a, a client base that keeps referring people back to you, then you have something to sell. If you don't have one of those, one or two of those things, you just don't have anything. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, this is a hard thing for people to understand. What, what, what are your thoughts around that? It's definitely so key. I mean, you have to figure out where your value is and where your business is coming from. And then you have to really focus on what matters. So the biggest thing for me is that we all spend a lot of time on things that don't move the needle and things that don't matter. So once you really can get real with yourself, and again, it comes back to ripping off a bandaid and being like, all right, we're okay with the change that's associated with this. You're going to be able to make those optimizations without ever feeling like you're too connected to a process or a similar model, whatever else. Um, I do think that a lot of it comes down to coming from a place of always being growth oriented, honestly, and having that culture, that cultural piece be the backbone of everything. Yeah. Uh, and that cultural piece will attract your database and your clients and all of those referrals. Um, but also I think your culture comes out in those checklists even in terms of what parts of those checklists or those processes actually matters and just right. being okay with letting things go that don't matter. I think that's a lot of it. I mean, it's simple. It's back to basic stuff. We're not, do honestly, we're not doing anything highly innovative. It's just that we're consistent. We're habitual people. We show up every day. We work as a team um, and we really organically from the ground up build our culture. Okay. So we've got checklists, do a brain dump, Yep. record a video, yep. meet with them every single day. Um, one thing that's unique about, well, not unique, you and I have a similar business. You know, we have 1200 virtual professionals and they're all work remotely. So they're yes. in different locations. So everything for us is virtual. We're on a, a Zoom call right now. Yes. How are you guys organized with your 20 different, you know, independent, you know, offices yep. and, and your virtual professionals who are not even in country? Like, how do you organize communication and, and meetings and all that? Like, let's go yes. through that. 
So oftentimes with their virtual professionals, they send kind of a hit list for the day in the morning to say, this is what I'm going to be working on. So we know exactly. Um, one of the things that is, a, I would say, a core value on the administrati administrative side of our business um, is that we don't micromanage. We don't look over people's shoulders. We hire accountable people so that we never have to feel like we're micromanaging or that we're ever checking up on someone or whatever else. So typically, even with some of our people, you know, in staff here, we'll have them say, right, this is my hit list. This is my prioritization list for the day. This is what I want to achieve. And then at the end of the day, it's the same thing. This is what I achieve. This is what I might need help with. This is where I might need a little bit more training. We also use Slack. I mean, just to instant message during the day. We'll pop on Zoom when we need to. Um, we have all of our checklists built out in Brevity. Some of our teams will use you know, Trello for collaboration. We use Airtable where we have all of our passwords and all of our data and everything in one place that we can achieve. Um, but we also consistently, and this is the cool part, we include our VPs and all of our teams across the country so much in Facebook groups. Um, we come together for all company meetings where we're consistently really talking about um, a new initiatives, new focuses, things that are changing or we're optimizing. We also, I was telling you before, um, we do a lot of contests and programs where we did a weight loss challenge at the end of the year for four months. And one of our virtual professionals said, hey, I want to do this. We do yeah. book clubs, which some of them will join as well, where we do masterminds and discussions around those book clubs. So everyone in our organization, and I don't care where you are, has the same opportunities to buy into our culture, to participate in our culture. Um, we do have a culture of accountability too. So if we're talking about, all right, I'm struggling with getting in my 30 minutes of exercise every day, you know, as part of the, our hurt health challenge, you have a whole group of people who are going to, you know, wrap their arms around you and support you in that. And I think our virtual, virtual professionals really feel that too, because they are part and parcel of what we do and part of the team. It's yeah. again, basic, but they are part of our team and they contribute so much to us. So we consistently are looking at how can we help grow them? How can we help pour into them on the personal level, you know, financial level, fitness level, whatever it might be. I love it. What are the things in your world? Like what are the things or the pieces of advice that you didn't know before you worked with my that you now know that you want to share with people so they can walk away from this conversation going, Oh, okay. I need to do this before I hire. Like what are those kind of tidbits or, or things? Yeah. I think the biggest thing is having a mindset of leverage to consistently be thinking about who could be doing this for me so that I can also get to that next level. So mm -hmm. I can consistently be thinking about the strategy or how to open up a new business division or how can I create a new business within our world? So the biggest thing is consistently thinking, okay, what's that next stage going to be for me? What's that next growth opportunity going to be? And what am I going to have to backfill? And then what opportunities does that create for someone else? That's yeah. the biggest thing is just having that mindset, consistently thinking, who can be doing this better than I can be? You know, I came on board as our marketing director and I was focused on lead generation and social media very quickly was one of the things that I said, I'm not passionate about this anymore. I need to leverage it. I need to replace myself with someone better who can come in and know about all the trends and know about all of the different you know, algorithms and whatever else. That wasn't me anymore, and that was okay. So I think it's okay also to be honest with yourself to figure out where do I actually really want to be? What role do I want to be in? And then figure out what opportunity can I create for someone else based on that growth that I myself am having. Yep, that's good. That's really good. Um, and I still don't understand TikTok. I know that's a thing. I'm not sure what it's about. Nope. <laughs> One day I'm hoping my daughters will tell me when they're old enough to do it, you know. Leverage that to someone else. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, so have a leverage mindset, growth oriented, get the systems in place, don't be afraid to train, 
block on your calendar. These are some of your best tips for folks considering doing this. What's the, what's the, um, if you were to like nail a value, like what's the value of hiring virtual professionals for your business? Is it the savings? Is it the leverage? Is it a combination? Like what's, what's the why? So for us, I mean, it's been an opportunity for other people and transforming other people's lives. Um, I hope Kristen doesn't mind me sharing this, but a couple of years ago, she sent us a photo of a new vehicle that she was able to purchase. Sure. And we hear stories all the time about what our employment of them allows them to achieve in their life. And it feels amazing. Um, yeah. We truly love our virtual professionals. They're some of my favorite people, honestly. Um, so part of it is, is that it feels good to help other people. Part yeah. of it, of course, is the savings. But for us, our virtual professionals work harder than anyone that we have on the ground because they care so much. Uh, Mel, who's another one of our virtual professionals who I work, who I work really closely with, um, she goes above and beyond every single day. And she loves it. Again, it's this, it makes her feel good to serve us. Yeah. And, and me giving her that opportunity to do so feels good for me. So it's kind of this reciprocal, reciprocal relationship that yep. loves being part of our culture. Um, and, you know, it's funny, we had year-end reviews recently with them, and a lot of them thought that they need to be doing more and contributing more to us. They want to do more. And I'm like, you do so, so much. Yeah. It's so appreciated. So for us, it's, it's really we get a lot of value, a tremendous value. What about the savings? Because you, you brushed over it. I want to be specific. Yeah. What, do you, what do you guys find the differential between virtual professionals and in-house folks? And how, how would you kind of see that as value? Yeah, I mean, for let's just think about in Vermont, you know, for a base salary, we have to pay $36,000 at a minimum. And yeah. you're not going to find a lot of people in our area here in Vermont or across the country who can make a great living making $36,000 necessarily. Yeah. Um, for so what's us, a normal, what's a normal pay though? Like if you hired somebody to replace Melody or like yeah, what's I mean, the number? Probably 45 to 50,000. And a lot of our virtual professionals, I mean, they range anywhere from, I think, 18,000 to 20,000, 20, 30,000. Yeah. Uh, but for us also, some of those are 12 hour days. So it's not even just eight hours. Um, but I mean, it's a, it's a considerable cost savings to us. Yeah. It's a third basically around yeah. that. I love it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Let's, let's, I think we've gotten all the value we can get. If you're listening right now and you wanted to chat some questions in, in on social media or live here in this zoom, you know, feel free. I'll kind of field Aaron with those questions. We've got her brain. I've tried my best to pull all the value out of her that I can because I'm crazy like that. Um, but while we're, we're here, we're going to respond to those. Um, I want to give you guys an opportunity to grab the book while you're here with us. Um, so I put my heart and soul into this. Everything that Aaron and I are talking about is in this book, how to onboard them, how to train them, what systems you need, you know, how to communicate with them, what their schedule should be, who we can hire, you know, tips and tricks, like everything you, you can ever imagine. So all you have to do to get it is text SVP. So scale with virtual professional SVP to 31996 and you'll get an electronic copy. It's also available on Amazon if you want to go there. Aaron, somehow we're rated number four in Japan. Like I don't know what happened or how I need happened. to get myself a copy of this book. I'm going to be texting that in just a minute. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to send you a copy because you know it's so amazing. We've also put it in the notes here. Um, we're wrapping up. Aaron, what would you leave um, the audience with today? 
what do you think um, would be a great ending point for this call? Yeah, you've heard me say it multiple times, but with culture at your core, you're never going to fail. And culture is going to lead you to the places where you can achieve really great things. Um, and you can scale your people, you can grow your people and consistently be creating an environment where people want to stay. They want longevity with your company because you consistently are focused on their growth. And again, who they become. It's personal growth through business success is really what we are consistently talking about. And how do we transform the lives of everyone who works in our organization and everyone who comes into contact with our organization as well. That's an insanely cool culture. Uh, we do have a question, which I love because I, I'm going to ask you and then I'm going to see if my answer is close to yours. So okay. it's going to be good. When is the time to hire? So we, in the book, um, one of the things that we talk about uh, is um, the eyes, the we's, and the they's yes. do it, right? The whole yes. process. And I believe there are six stages to building a business and each stage has a different kind of challenge, you know, um, in that. Uh, with one stage one and two being, you know, brand new learning and stage three and four, you're starting to build a business and stage five and six, you're starting to generate millions of dollars in revenue. So those are, that's how we kind of break it down. Aaron, in your opinion, working with VPs for as long as you have, when should somebody consider hiring one for their business? So I would look really hard at your calendar first and foremost, because if your calendar is filled up with tasks that are solely tasks that aren't actually income producing yes. that's the time for you to hire because you need that leverage so that you know if you're in the office for eight hours how many of those hours are actually going to be focused on lead generation and lead conversion if that's, that's right. your one thing so i think it's really about if you can by eliminating six hours of things on your calendar that don't matter by hiring a virtual professional and then use those six hours purposefully to go out there and generate more business you're going to pay for that leverage many, many, many times over. Yep. What would you say as an answer to that? No, no, no. You're spot on. In fact, um, okay. So the one thing that we do, uh, we put in our calendar, whether it's dollar productive or non-dollar productive. Yep. And that's how we, that's the only change. So if you're doing a task, the, the thing that entrepreneurs don't do always is calendar everything, you know, like you have, you have to get into a uh, kind of a mindset of calendar, you know, doing that activity all the time. Yes. Or becomes, so another thing that we all help people with is just taking a set of, set of stickies, like just regular square stickies, following yourself around all day and writing all the tasks that you're doing throughout a day. And then maybe putting it on a, like a whiteboard, you know, yep. where, where I'm in my conference room right now. So you throw it on a whiteboard and then you put them in those different categories. And then yep. with those different categories, you start building a job description and an opportunity as Aaron would say, but yeah, you're, you're, you're hundred percent on the thing that people don't do, which, you know, they hire us and then they don't purposely go out and grow their business. So that's the area of failure. So if you're going to give away six hours a day, go get an extra new client every day or yeah. at least once a week, you know, those six hours should equate to an appointment or two. If you're purposeful with your, you know, lead generation and conversion time, um, for us, one of the things also that I'd like our people to do, there's a tool called Toggle, T-O-G-G-L. And literally, you can track your day in minutes to see where you're actually allocating your time. And Here? it's an eye-opener for people. Oh, my goodness. Okay, let me talk about this. In the professional services industry, if you're an engineer, if you're a attorney, if you, bill, if you have billable hours, CPAs, 
Um, everybody in the professional services, they track, they track their billable hours. And for some reason, entrepreneurs don't do that. And it's silly. Um, so anyways, hundred percent track what you're doing. Cause it'll make a difference. Glenn, who actually has a virtual professional with us, had a question for you. Um, what specific tasks do you have your virtual assistant do? Do you have them call, uh, past clients, mailings, how, um, how much direct uh, contact with your sphere of influence do you have your virtual professionals do? So right now we don't have a ton, but this is the reason why. So we've really eliminated everything from our agents, our CEOs, from our partners, so that all they have to do is actually call and nurture the relationships. Everything else is taken care of for them. So yep. we find that if our agents are reaching out to their sphere, if they're having that connection, we're gonna backfill everything on the back end, so that can be their sole focus. But in order to do that, you have to have rock stars on the back end that can you know, pick up every piece of the back end of a transaction, the back end of just running the business, so that our agents never need to think about any of that, that they have all of the templates, that all of their leads are on drip campaigns, um, you know, things like that that we can do in the back end for them that are teeing up that, those relationships and that interest that then is coming directly into them. Well, and I think that's something unique about you guys having 20 different locations. Yeah. But if, if you're a real estate person or a, an entrepreneur, um, one of the biggest values is the real question is how often are you talking to previous clients? How yep. often are you talking to potential prospects? Yep. And if you aren't doing that enough, you can hire us and we'll help you kind of get a system and process in place yep. for that. We can talk through what that needs to look like, but a virtual professional, I mean, in my own business, I'll, I'll just tell you guys what, I mean, when a lead comes in, our VPs are the ones that call out, set the appointments, get every, all, gather all the information, align calendars so that our internal staff that are consultants, they can really, you know, focus and spend time with you and like really kind of, and, and Glenn, you went through that process, you know, everything up until the moment that the specific knowledge needs to happen, uh, that's how they, our VPs support us in our business. And Glenn, I would say also it's really figuring out what your biggest need is. If you are not great at calling your SOI, leverage that first. But yeah. if that's something that you really are interested in, you're passionate about, you enjoy doing, then figure out what tasks are distracting you from doing that so that you can be purposeful about adding that to your calendar. So a re really it comes down to you figuring out what are you going to do consistently things that you're not going to do consistently, give them away and be okay yeah. with somebody better doing them than yourself. Well, and, and also those, hopefully those things are the things that are driving the revenue, right? Yes. Like driving growth, you know, it's, it's allocating capital, getting new employees or closing more deals. Yep. Those are the, those are the things that you should focus on and everything else should be given away. Um, Aaron, I love this. This has been amazing. So fun, I, right? <laughs> yeah, it, I, wildly enough, I'm so passionate about helping people grow and scale mm -hmm. their business. And you obviously are too. I love the culture piece. just want to thank you for your time. I know how valuable it is. I know you had to give something up to be here today. So I just want to thank you. Um, guys, um, we just need to appreciate and love on Aaron because this is really <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh, I'm happy to be here and chat about it. I think that it's just something that's so compelling to talk about because we all need more leverage in our life, right? If we're ever going to grow, we need more leverage and this is the place to start. There you go. All right, Aaron, thanks again. If you're listening and you haven't yet, grab a copy of the book. Again, I put my heart and soul in it. Aaron, I'm going to send you a copy. I'm going to send, send you a copy. Book. I'm going to read it. 
I'm going to send you a shirt and a coffee, okay? And if you're listening right now, we'd love to be able to serve you. We do an hour-long consultation where we kind of walk through everything Aaron and I have been talking about today, but we specifically tailor the conversation to your business, your place on that scale trajectory, and what you need in order to double your business. So um, do reach out. Our website is myoutdesk.com. And Aaron, again, thanks for your time today. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.